Welcome to Hearing God with Gary and Jane Berry. Do you want to grow in your intimacy with Father God, Holy Spirit and Jesus? Join us as we share insights and practical tips that you can apply today. Hi, I'm Gary Berry and together with my wife Jane, we host Hearing God, a podcast that helps people hear from God. Today we are looking at hearing God through our dreams. Last episode was an introduction to dreaming and covered nightmares, etc. Today we will cover biblical examples and results from dreams that have impacted the world. Gary, just before we get into that, let's share briefly how we've heard God this week. Well, Jane, during the week I was looking through a book, looking through a book by Ruth Haley Barton called Sacred Rhythms. And I saw a particular chapter that said, Honouring the Body, Flesh and Blood, Spirituality. I wondered if that was about church and communion, but I really felt to read it. And it was really about my body and getting my act together with my body. And, yeah, I sensed God really tap me on the shoulder. Hey, Gary, it's time. You've had some physical issues. You need to get your body together for this next season. Jane. For me, it was a sermon I heard and just one sentence in the sermon really struck me. When God tells you what to do, you cannot hesitate. That really spoke to me. And I'm usually someone who's quick to obey God, but it was like God was really rattling my cage about it. Anyway. We have show notes for all our episodes. You can look under garyandjane.co. Just a brief outline of our discussion, references, Bible verses mentioned, all that sort of stuff. Now, last episode was our intro to dreams and basically saying that dreams are a gift from God and as with any gift, it's useless if you don't unpack it. There was two statements that I think are really worthwhile repeating. We spend a third of our life asleep. Why not make use of it? Makes sense. The second one was the Talmud, which is a combination of ancient Hebrew sayings of Jews like the Torah, says a dream which is not interpreted is like a letter which is not read. Probably today you'd say, which is like an email, which is not real. <laughs> yes. yes, that's right, Jane. So there's numerous biblical examples of dreams from the simplest dreams, such as Joseph being told by God to take Mary and Jesus to Egypt in Matthew 2.13. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So that to me is pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward, very specific. Go. And then you have the more complex dream in Daniel 7, which, yeah, I won't unpack that here. But there's various types or purposes of dreams. So Job 33, 14 to 18 says, For God does speak, now one way, now another, though no one perceives it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they slumber in their beds, he may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings to turn them from wrongdoing and keep them from pride, 
to preserve them from the pit, their lives from perishing by the sword. Sounds pretty full on. But Mm. God has a purpose with our dreaming. I think that purpose is inviting us to draw closer to him and revealing things to us. So you say it's really about intimacy. Yeah, intimacy. That's it, intimacy with God. So why not use that third of our life for a sleep to cultivate that intimacy? Proverbs 25.2 in the Bible, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. We are royalty as a child of the Most High God. And as such, we're invited to live as royalty. And we have an invitation to search out what God's trying to communicate to us. So I like to view it as as like a treasure hunt. Dreams show us more of God. They reveal more about God, more about his nature, his ways, his workings. Dreams can produce a hunger for the more of God. And it also shows us more about ourselves. So the word of God is active cuts deep in a good way. And as we keep saying, God speaks to us through our dreams. In Isaiah 55.11, his word does not return empty or void. Our dreams are so important. I know for myself, I don't want to miss the God strategies from heaven. So back in about 2013-2014, I had a dream which sort of showed a bit of an a phone app type thing. I did a whole lot of work on making 36 levels for this app and then spoke to someone and they were very almost condescending about it. They shut you down? They shut me down. And I partnered with that. I could have gone, no. I partnered with that. I had no idea of how to go forward, so I left it. But does that, what if it had been a worldwide... (laughs) Success. We see numerous times in the Bible where there's been strategies from heaven, like Joseph in the Old Testament, strategies to overcome seven years of famine. So there's various purposes for dreams, I suppose, in the Bible. First one would be it's a warning or a guidance, meaning it's a heads up, a caution or a call to intercession. So Abimelech. In Genesis chapter 20, verse 3, he was warned by God that he was about to commit a sin by having sex with Sarah. Abraham had not been honest with Abimelech, had said that Sarah was his sister. Thankfully, God stopped Abimelech in time through this dream. And then Pilate's wife in Matthew 27, 19, she had a warning dream about the death of Jesus and the implications for her husband. It's a pity you didn't listen. (laughs) As we've said, Joseph, Mary's husband, Jesus' stepfather, was given multiple instructions by God for the care and safety of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 to 23, in chapter 2, verses 13, 19 to 20, and verse 22. A series of, I think it was four dreams, all about do this, do that. Oh, I wish God would speak to me exactly like My dreams have to be interpreted. I would love them to be very clear. The wise men seeking Jesus dreamt of being told not to visit Herod the Great on their return trip home in Matthew 2 verse 12. So they're all sort of warning or guidance dreams. 
People also in the Bible had revelation about their future calling and destiny. Joseph, in Genesis 37, verses 5 to 10, had his future revealed to him. And this is a caution that we need with our dreaming about discernment and maturity is required to know who to share your dreams with. So Joseph, in Genesis 37, basically had this dream about 11 stars and the sun and moon bowing down to him and how all his brothers were going to bow down and worship him. So, of course, he then tells them and they plot to kill him. You just need to be really careful who you share your dreams with. Mary, in Luke 2.19, pondered in her heart. So as we grow in character, maturity, sensitivity, we can expect God to trust us with more secrets. So just as Joseph, you know, had that dream about his future calling and destiny, just be careful who you share your dreams with. The imprisoned cupbearer and baker in Genesis 40 verses 5 to 23 had dreams about their future. One was a really good future. One was death. I don't want to dream about my death. A third way is wisdom and insight or ideas for inventions, business plans, strategies from heaven to glorify God. So Gideon in Judges 7, 13 to 15, he was so encouraged by God and his faith was built up just by overhearing two Midianites talking about a dream when Gideon overpowered them. So Gideon didn't actually have the dream but he overheard two enemies talking about a dream they had about Gideon overpowering them. And that gave him courage. Jacob in Genesis 31, 10 to 13, where God's will was revealed to him through the dream of the streaked, the speckled and the spotted sheep. Pharaoh in Genesis 41, the seven fat cows followed by the seven lean cows, meaning seven years of Famine followed by seven years of plenty. The other way around. Oh, the other way around. Sorry. <laughs> seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. And Joseph interpreted that for him and then was put in charge of all that. So really uh, business strategies, very, very popular to be downloaded that in dreams could be a God encounter with God, his nature, or angels. So Jacob was given a dream of this ladder with ministering angels going up and down it in Genesis 28, 11 to 22. Another purpose is to reveal secrets. Daniel 2, 29. 1 Samuel 28, 6 had Saul, says where Saul regularly inquired of the Lord. Dreams could be purpose of evangelism or salvation. Last episode, we talked about oh, the Muslims. The Muslims. Four fifths of Muslims do not know a Christian. How else is God going to communicate with them, become known to them through dreams? Makes sense. In the Bible, a strategy to reach the Gentiles was revealed to Peter in Acts 10 9 to 23. A dream can be about a correction, like Job in Job 33, 14 to 18, shares about dreaming as a warning 
of preparation and preservation. So I wonder what mysteries, inventions, amazing discoveries and opportunities we, or, or especially myself, are missing out on by not paying attention to my dreams, to our dreams. You've mentioned how there's really prolific. Dreams have been prolific and had amazing impact upon people in the Bible. There's also dreams that have shaped people's, uh, shaped people in their inventions and, and those sorts of things that have happened throughout history. Did you want to unpack that a little bit more for us, Jane? Yeah, that really brought to mind. I'm going to research if dreams have had a part to do in fighting wars and stuff like that. I don't know why that just came to mind. But Elias Howe invented the sewing machine. He was searching answers to this issue he had about how to join two bits of material. He then had a dream about cannibals surrounding him and preparing to cook him as they waved their spears up and down. Now, his eyes in the dream, mine probably wouldn't have, but his eyes focused on the holes near the end of the spear and the upward and downward movement of the spear. And he put that picture into reality with the sewing machine and the needle that goes up and down. And that was the answer to his invention. Wow. Paul McCartney from the Beatles, now that's probably old-style music, had a dream in which he immediately rolled out of bed and played the music and lyrics that he'd just heard in his dream on the piano. That was the composition to the song yesterday. Jack Nicholas dreamt of an adjustment to his golf swing and he put it into practice, implemented it the following day and improved his score dramatically. Abraham Lincoln dreamt that he would be killed three days before his assassination. <laughs> but he didn't do anything about it. <laughs> so books and movies have been inspired by dreams, like Tintin in Tibet. Our kids loved reading Tintin when they were younger. The Terminator, all that sort of um, thing. <laughs> books, movies, science. Oh, my. The amount of uh, research that's been helped and greatly impacted through scientists and philosophers and their dream life, Descartes and his philosophy, Albert Einstein and his theory of relativity. The discovery of both the structure of DNA and the atom came about through dreams. Mendeleev envisaged the complete arrangement of the periodic table in a dream. Mate, his brain. <laughs> and to... To remember oh, that after it, wow. The complication of the periodic table, mate. In 1996, I love this, Larry Page had an irrational fear of failing, not that he had an irrational fear of failing at college, but the anxiety fueled a dream which led to the creation of Google. That is amazing. Ben Carson, there's a movie about him and a book called Gifted Hands. He, was an Afri he is an African-American neurosurgeon in America. Fascinating story. I love the part where his mum grew up with a, a single mum and his mum was a cleaner in the homes of rich people. She realised one day that she had to move the books that were in front of the television to dust the television. And she's like, oh, so they can't be watching television. 
then noticed that all these books were prominent in the homes of rich people. So she got her kids then to start reading books instead of watching TV. Ben went from one of the lowest scoring kids in his class to the top scoring. And he ended up being admitted to Yale University. And the end of his first semester there, he had this huge anxiety. There's a common theme here about anxiety at, u- at university. Had this huge anxiety that he wasn't as good as the other students. And even though he totally knew his stuff, he just was so anxious about it. That night, he had a dream about all these chemical equations. Got up, wrote them down, looked at them, studied them. The next day, turned up for his university exam, (laughs) and they were all the equations he needed to know. I go, wow. That causes me to go, what am I missing out on by not paying attention to my dreams? And Ben Carson's also a really strong Christian guy too, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he stood for politics, I think. Yeah, currently or has in the past? Got no idea. Yeah. So to me, that encourages me. I don't actually ask God for, I don't think I ask him enough for strategies. My takeaway from today, I'm speaking to myself here, I need to ask God for specific strategies for the way forward, for finances, for just a whole lot of stuff. Well, even for the how we develop this podcast further. Yeah. Why not? Yes. What have we got to lose by not asking God? So at the end of every episode, we actually have a prophetic activation which is purely to help you practice hearing from God. Or when we talk about hearing from God, whatever way you receive best from what God, whether it's through picture, hearing, sensing, feeling, that sort of stuff. So I would love it if you would just turn your heart and thoughts to God and just say, Father God, is there a strategy that you would love to download to me about an issue in my life. Can you show me or reveal to me what I need to adjust or tweak or more about that strategy? And just ask questions of God and flesh that out further. Now, at the end of every episode, we also have a prophetic word for our listeners. Gary? I sense that there's people that want a strategy for this next season. In the next week, God is going to give you that strategy for you to explore, to unpack. It's going to involve three steps. Bless you. Oh. You're not going to tell us the three steps. No, God's going to reveal. Yeah, well, you oh, told me to be short what? and sharp. And... I just really sense the sun is shining. So it's the physical sun, but also the spiritual sun, S-O-N. The sun is shining on you. There is hope. There is a brighter future. And I really sense God is taking your hand in one hand and with the other hand, 
drawing open, I suppose, the curtain, the veil of your future. And he's wanting to give you a glimpse of a brighter future. So as Jane was saying that, I got three words. Tiptoe, more than three words. Tiptoe through the tulips. I'll leave that with you. You know what it means. Gary, would you like to finish by praying? Father, we just want to thank you today. Thank you today for who you are, that you are a God of intimacy. You are a God that is not distant but close. And, Father, may we each develop that capacity to hear from you, to see you, to feel you, to sense you, to understand you. Father, may we just enjoy this journey of intimacy with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We would love it if you could share this podcast with someone and tell them why you listen to it. You could also follow and rate and review on your favourite podcast listening app. That really makes a difference. Thank you so much for listening.